When they are consuming your minds and your thoughts and your dreams, from the angels to the demons and to the mysteries unseen, there is no need to worry. There is no need for dread. It's just time to discuss the thing at the foot of the bed. Good evening, and if you're just tuning in, you are listening live to 105.3 on New Orleans, Louisiana, United Public Radio Network, otherwise known as UFO Paranormal Radio Network, or just simply UPRN, and you are listening to The Thing at the Foot of the Bed. I'm one of your co-hosts, Laura Lee Potvin. Um, and I'll let you know we were a little bit late starting. We've been having a few technical difficulties, so mostly on my end. So if anything goes on with the show, we disappear, whatever happens, we'll be right back. I want you to hang in there. Now, I may have to disappear off and on. Hello, Sandra. Um, and Dave's going to hold down the fort. Good, Dave. That's my co-host. I'm going to introduce him. So I want to tell you another big announcement. We are moving to a new time and we're not moving again after this, I promise. It's gonna help even more with more friends joining us live tonight or like tonight. Um, it's going to be from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'll have the amazing Thursday night show, one of our biggest hosts on the network, the, uh, the show, The Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano. They also have their Wednesday night show, same name, same time. So we're very lucky to be in that spot. I want to give it a huge thank you. So uh, I am a Canadian clairvoyant medium, crystal Reiki energy healer, Kashuk Records practitioner, spiritual teacher, and mentor, and a registered nurse. And I'm going to turn it over to my amazing co-host and good friend, David Hansel. Dave, take it away. Hi, everybody. My name is David Hansel. I'm a spiritual medium and pretty much almost the same things that uh, Laura Lee is, except for the fact I am not a nurse <laughs> at all, not even close. I couldn't tell you anything. I couldn't tell you how to fix a hangnail. That's just the way that goes. Um, but today, me and Laura Lee always kind of have little discussions here and there. And we couldn't remember what we talked about last week because we talked about so many things. But I. I had a strange day, Laura Lee. I was I was talking to, I was doing a lot of meditating today and a lot of stuff like that and talking and I had talked to the other side and my guys about animals, about disciplining animals. I have also talked about cryptids and um, especially Bigfoot and, and other ones as well. But it was, um, I guess what you could say is they were giving me, I'm going to call it a theory for now. And the reason I'm calling it a theory is because I don't have anything evidential to give you. Okay. And, you know, let's be fair. Nobody wants a liar. So I'm just going to tell you what I know or what they said to me. Um, so literally we know, uh, me and Laura, they kind of both agree that um, Bigfoot, we'll concentrate on Bigfoot for now, Bigfoot, Yeti, and all that is pretty much an interdimensional cryptid. Yeah, I believe that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which that that cryptid goes uh in and out of dimension so it's not flying down here in a spaceship and it's not actually living in the woods full time it's like popping into the woods it's like coming through a portal so to speak is how i kind of see it what do you think Lee? 
I do. Well, actually, we were talking. I was thinking because, yeah, I I'm always turning something on when I'm not doing resin or creating or what have you. So I wasn't looking for it, but it showed up. And I was telling Dave about some of the cool stuff I was watching and listening to as well. But this has to do with cryptids and the paranormal, and it's a channel called uh, Donovan Dread. And I don't know. I think they're related and might be married. Um, I don't think they're brother and sister, but her channel is Lilith Dread. And what they do is they read people's stories of the strange, unusual things they encounter, like Bigfoot, like aliens, like Dogman, like Mothman, like all of these things. Now, when the usually what it is, it's a two-hour because it seems, it seems like they do, especially Donovan does like about an 18 minute clip, like, and it's a voiceover with a lot of B-roll. For those of you that don't know what B-roll is, it is just filler in the background. So you're not looking at a black screen. So they put them all together. But I notice in some of the shorter clips he does, he actually features some of the pictures. But with Bigfoot, yes, it, it seems like Bigfoot just appears and then it doesn't appear. Like, and it always seems, I've almost come to expect this. I'll, I'll say I'm stealing this, this saying from uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, Nukes Top 5. And they end up, um, the videos are always kind of blurry or potato quality, as he calls them. And, you know, it's kind of hard to see. And I think it's because they're interdimensional. I think they choose to be around who they, you know, let people see them. And then they're gone. And it seems like that, doesn't it? Right. Like they just blink and then it seems like they're gone. Mm -hmm. It does. It seems like that actually, not just with the big ones and other cryptids, but hello, Jane. Back Hi, to Central. Jane. Um, not just the cryptids, but also um, any other life forms as far as extraterrestrials, etc. They're not always coming from someplace. They're coming from a dimension. Now I, was talking to my guides and you can mm -hmm. let me know how you feel about this and add to it. So I asked them, I was asking them about Bigfoot and concentrating and listening. And so this is something I know. So as we are going through our lives, we're literally always switching dimensions. So let's say I say, um, I want to have this certain job all the time. And that's always in my mind. And I'm going to have that job. And I'm always thinking about that job. And as I'm going, I'm actually switching dimensions to get closer to the dimension or that the earth dimension where I'm actually in that job because everything we want and we think about is actually happening. We just have to slide over dimensions to get to it. Well, I think that they were telling me that um, Bigfoot, let's say, or most of the Yetis and all that actually did originate on earth at some point maybe didn't originate here but they lived here and were a species here and they're the higher species here so most of oh. the big now have um always uh have are very intelligent they're a bit they're actually more intelligent than we are in a different way we might have some technology things but they have other things now there is a dimension where it is all bigfoot where bigfoot would be the ruler or mm -hmm. have dominion like humans do on this planet so they are they've learned how to travel dimensions so they can come visit this dimension where we're the rulers and observe us back and forth so i think that's what bigfoot is literally doing is observing herself i haven't done enough research to find out but 
I mean, how many deer carcasses or animal carcasses have they found where they know that a Bigfoot ate it? Because if they knew that, they could take something DNA from that carcass to that animal and get a little bit more proof, but nobody's doing that. And that maybe that's because they're not eating that. Um, they're not eating animals. They don't come here to eat an animal. They come here strictly to observe. And I think they're quite curious. That might be why the rock's throwing. It might just be, too, a way they're communicating. It might, it might, their hello might be throwing a rock at you. You know, if all we know, you know, hi, Laura Lee, home, throw rocks. No, too. okay, so I got a question for you, though, because you hear other people's stories and I have to admit, when you start thinking logically and critically like you, I have heard certain people, depending on the color of the fur, the, the supposed Sasquatch or Bigfoot, that there's a family of them. There's been people complaining. I've seen stories of their big Bigfoot terrorizing them, living out in the country. Now, the cameras always seem to be strategically placed, but there have been people claiming of this, and you, you can't see their, their doorbell camera or security camera footage. Now, again, potato quality, kind of blurry, kind of not too clear to see. But where I have, okay, so I've seen, I was looking up the channel, and then I was looking up this this thing that went viral as well off of TikTok with this, apparently this alien that appeared on a porch in Port Huron, which is in Southern Ontario, on a ring doorbell cam. That's what I was looking at. You guys see me looking down. And I was looking for the YouTube channel. I think it's called How to Hunt. If my memory serves. I was just going to, I was typing away here, but I think it's called How to Hunt. He is Canadian. Now I'm going to just throw this out here. I don't know if I believe him or not, but he claims that people again, send in their stories of the strange, the unusual, mainly cryptids, mainly with Bigfoot. And he has had people write and say, because that, that's been my big thing. Why have we never found a body of Bigfoot? Like, why have we never found anything like that? But, you know, they've got their young here, it looks like. And we do. We've never found a dwelling, but we see these trees and, you know, bent a certain way and the calls and the whoops or like you said, throwing of rocks and what have you. Yes, it could very well be an attempt at communication. But where I was going with this was, he has people that have sent in pictures. Now, he doesn't show them. He just does a voiceover. But he says they've accidentally shot Bigfoots. And so when they call law enforcement and what have you. Now, this is something this guy said on his channel. He is Canadian, by the way, as well. He's, I think he's in British Columbia, which is prime area for Bigfoot sightings, just like where I live in northwestern Ontario. And you were from Wisconsin when you when you grew up Dave so you know what Bigfoot country looks like and he says the guy and it's not just been one letter coming in it's been from numerous people that when they've accidentally say hit a Bigfoot or killed a Bigfoot that <laughs> the authorities show up and they have a number to call and somebody from the alphabet suit um alphabet soup organizations if you will shows up and removes the car the body i well, don't know have I, you heard that? Mm -hmm. i i've heard things around there and you know what it's it's hard i i'm not going to sit here and deny it or say that it's not true okay. because of the fact i'm not an avid um i have not somebody who is constantly constantly on bigfoot i mean i interdimensionally i Neither like to I. speak energy and so on and so forth but mm -hmm. you know 
I suppose just like everybody else, there's always a polar opposite of something. So we could have humans, we have humans who aren't that great. We have some humans out there who would rather kill the Bigfoot to study it. And then we have other humans out there who says, no, don't kill it, capture it or try to speak to it or do something to get the information. And Bigfoots could be the same way. There might be Bigfoots going, hey, don't hurt them, just study them and see what they're doing. And then those Bigfoots might be saying, well, I don't want to because they're mean and they're throwing guns at us, so we're going to do something back at them. I don't know. I mean, it might sound far-fetched. I know this might sound weird to some people, but I truly believe that this cryptid does exist. I know Oh, yeah, it Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and so, but it's just us, all we can really do, I suppose, is, is just kind of guess, make a, you know, make a somewhat educated guess as to what's actually happening. But I thought it was pretty cool when they told me that they are dimensionally coming from their dimension into ours and they actually live on a dimension that's like earth too, as well. So they have the trees and mm-hmm. stuff and they're coming over. As far as the houses go, Maybe they have sleepovers. I mean, maybe they stay here. Or maybe long. they're underground. I never considered that day. Like maybe they're underground. Like you just said, sorry, I'm grabbing a pen. So I'm maybe in place else. Maybe they. Maybe they're. Maybe some of them are in a place that's not so uh, sustainable for them now. So they're coming back here again. We don't know. We don't know. All we know is that there's a, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people all over the world who have these sightings. And I know that we only quote unquote have the footprints, but I think there is something to, when a lot of people who've never met say the same things about something without any prior knowledge to it, that's pretty much to me is kind of evidential. It's it's almost like, even like Dolores Cannon, I mean, are those people who put people into hypnosis who talk about all these things going on. So many people have the same experience who don't know each other and they're saying it. So it kind of gives a little bit more validity to the story. I, I hear you. I was looking this up. I've been looking at some strange stuff this week. So I don't ever look at stuff like this. I'm still on the fence about this. I'm looking for the name of it because some of these things I told you about briefly in a voice message. Now, this kept coming up in my field, on my YouTube feed. Was not looking for it. I'm just trying to find it. Here we go. Um, I think, yeah, it's her. So there was this channel that kept coming up by Danny Henderson. Danny is D-A-N-I, and she appears to be British. And what this says, this was posted three days ago, so it's on YouTube, and I name it. the name of the episode is called Rescuer of Children, Off-Planet Therapist, Melanie Charay, uh, says reports with Elena Danan and Danny Henderson. So at first I'm listening to this, and then there's a few things that started catching me. Now, the interesting part is if you don't speak French, it's a bit frustrating because Melanie, or she, as she says it, Melanie. Um, only speaks French and the third woman helps translate with a heavy French accent while the host who's British asks the questions. Now it was fascinating. And the reason I'm bringing it up because it kind of works this into some strange and unusual stuff. So Melanie and her husband, apparently, and she was talking about, she didn't know what a shuttle was. I forget what they called it, but they're 
board this huge ship and she was talking about human um humans are being abducted and got into a bit of her story and and she got very emotional and uh, I believe when she was four years old and she was talking about what's on the moon I didn't tell you all this stuff before I didn't have time to tell you all this stuff um and she apparently was abducted Melanie as a little girl and she I guess was put on the moon as a slave to work she said i know it's gonna sound strange guys but that's why it's called the thing at the foot of the bed we talk about the strange unusual anyways um she was rescued and she also talked about please forgive me because i'm going to get it wrong about the type of soul or be being i guess she is i'm seeing if the words are in here but anyways i guess before she came into this particular lifetime there are certain souls that come down and she called it they fractalize, if you will, and they put a piece in each one, but they're from intergalactic beings. The whole reason why I'm mentioning this is um, she was talking about things like when she was rescued, like she had been four years old and they had the technology. Now, just putting it out there, weird, strange, okay, that they could age regress her back to four years of age. But when she woke up in the morning, it was like she had been gone overnight. She just went to bed. Her parents had no idea what happened to her. So she gets into all of this stuff. But what really freaked me out, because sometimes you wonder about these interdimensional beings. I know it was a long story. Sorry, guys. Long story. But it was she was talking about sort of what you said about human beings being mean. And she said they have run into half human, half um, animal. There was one in particular that was porcupine half porcupine half human because i guess like it's quite a story look it up yourself i'm not doing it justice it's very fascinating now i can't say i necessarily believe it but it was interesting to hear somebody's perspective i i believe she believes she's telling the truth and i guess this is the first time she's ever come up with her story about this and the work that they do and I had a lot of questions. Well, how do you know where to find these kids that need to be rescued, apparently out in the galaxy, and they're all different races. And so she, like I said, it's a really fascinating story. So if you can put up with the translation a little bit, I speak French, so I could understand, but fascinating story. But my whole point is, most of these, say, hybrid, half human, half whatever, don't want to come here, because they said the same thing. They keep hearing about how mean humans are, and the awful things they do, and could we argue? And I'm sorry I was so long about it, but I think it's important to mention this because I think we we are, we're mean, not everybody, but imagine how we looked to other races that are more evolved or like Bigfoot or who have you, what have you, because they oh, yeah. know. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I agree because I mean, to some, not just Bigfoot, any other cryptids or ETs, yeah. you know, who see us for the first time or experience what we're doing, human beings are fascinating to them because of the fact that so many of us are. Um, mm -hmm. On the main spectrum, you know, we come in here with this veil of forgetfulness. We forget that all these things exist. Some people refuse to remember it, which is fine. It's their path. But when other beings see how human beings act towards one another, they're like, oh, look at that. Okay, so this is off of video. Now, somebody put red in here to say that there was, sorry, that it was Photoshop. They think, I don't know, I couldn't see what they were talking about. I watched it 30 times, but they did have a point. If this is from a ring doorbell camera, where's the rest of the video? You guys can find this on TikTok, whatever. 
Um, they were right. But you know what my biggest thing was? Where's, think about it. Anytime we've seen pictures of supposed ET and stuff, they're kind of fuzzy because of the EMF, right? The electromagnetic frequency and what have you. When you see this it, video, clear as day. Mm -hmm. It could be EMF in some of them. And then it's, it's, if there's a being that's here and it's not fully physical, which a lot of people don't understand, some people do, um, we are in a very low dense physical form, which means we have a very, very slow vibration. And that's why you can't put your hand through your arm because right. everything is slowed down. So all these particles are kind of clumped together. A being from someplace else who, if they have the capacity of time travel, if they have the capacity to go from dimension to dimension, then they probably are not completely physical. They are probably 4D or 5D and are bouncing back and forth. If we are 3D, you are solid. Your desk is solid. My phone is 3D, so it is solid. Now, if somebody from the fourth or fifth dimension came in here, they would probably be able to pass their hand through there because their molecules would break apart and that's how they can go through. So maybe these beings are, maybe that could be why they're blurry as well as we're seeing the etheric body of them and not their solid physical body, you know? So that's, that's kind of strange. It is kind of strange. And, you know, to go back to the cryptids too for a minute, Mothman. If I can talk about Mothman. No, I was hoping because that's where I was going to go. Is David and I are always on the same page. And then lots of times we get so busy, we don't get time to connect till either Wednesday night or Thursdays. And without fail during the week, we've been watching either the same stuff or we've been dealing with the same stuff every week yep. almost practically. Right, Dave? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yep. Sorry, guess what you do. Mm -hmm. Now, I had asked uh, my guides about Mothman. And this is what they told me. You believe it, don't believe it. It's totally up to you. And like I said, I can't validate it because I have nothing to base it off of except for what I've heard. But I've heard them say this to me over and over, even as a child, especially Mothman. Now, Mothman, uh, a lot of you know who he is, but he's in Ohio quite a bit. That's where the big things of the bridge came down. But uh, the Mothman prophecies, the movie. Mothman, they say, is somebody who is, they kind of like when you see Mothman, that means there's going to be some kind of death or destruction afterwards. Yeah. Now, I had asked my guides about that. I'm like, make it make sense, my friends. Make it make sense. And they didn't know how to do it, but they did mention this. Mothman is another, it, it's, it's an E.T., it literally Mothman is an ET. It comes from another world. And it's another thing that I think comes through portals here. And that's why we don't see it. Mothman is also that species, I guess, if we want to call it that, that species is highly, highly intuitive. It's, and it's, it's kind of like when you ever, you guys might hear a medium sometimes say they can predict death, which we really can't, but you can predict something. Well, Mothman actually can predict a lot of things. And I think that when Mothman comes here, I don't know if Mothman is, they don't tell me that Mothman's doing it to be mean. It's literally just a being who comes in here, sees how the world is, knows something's going to happen. And their energy is so strong that we kind of psychically pick up on it as well from their psychic thing. And they're just like, 
you know, like they show up by the bridge and then all of a sudden a lot of people go, okay, Mothman was by the bridge. Most likely the bridge is going to fall. Some people might be saying that because of lore, because that's what they think would happen. Or some people might be saying it because they're actually picking up and their mind is connecting to the mind of Mothman and maybe they're seeing it as well. So I think um, Mothman, I think, I think is understood. I think Mothman could almost be seen as a good omen because it's giving you the heads up. But, of course, human beings, we always want to go to fear. So the first thing we're going to say is this being who is stranger than us, hardly around, and is a mystery, is probably just up to no good. Because that's how human beings think, you know, unfortunately. And fortunately, not all of us do. I know most of the people listening to this or in our um, comment section, they're the same way. They're like, live and let live, man. Let's just see who everybody is and make friends and see what's going on. What do you get about Mothman? Okay. Well, one thing I was going to share before that, and then I know Shannon asked a question. I knew it's in it. And yes, we've heard about it. I, I am sure Dave has too once we uh, we talk about it. She asked about the diet love past incident, but with Mothman and with what I get from spirit, and I've heard it many times over the years, we are a young race. That, But lately, I've been hearing from people that channel through near-death experiences, ran into somebody we may get to tonight, about um, actually remembers before he incarnated and then during the into this lifetime, uh, the pregnancy with his mother, the, the whole bit about being a soul was fascinating some of the information and including somebody else had a near-death experience that they had been no breathing no heartbeat for so long their body had gone cold and they're here to talk about it fascinating anyways they keep saying that um humans are a young race and the reason i bring these guys up one of them was mentioning you know that we really don't need to have any fear we really really don't because as many of us have said on this network, also probably on our show, I know we have probably at some time, is we're just, we're basically an everlasting soul, right? And we're just having a human experience at this time. Now with Mothman, well, I went, before I go to Mothman, the other thing that they added that I think is important to hear was I've heard so much recently from different people and different things I've been watching, how other beings, because we're not alone, uh, look upon people that choose to come to earth and that's where the guy that remembers the birth experience was really talking about this and how much courage it takes so everybody listening to this or anybody you share it with or anybody in the replay each one of you had so much courage to make the choice to come here in this heavy dense fragile body and you come in with complete amnesia of who you are and why you're here so we are really admired, although we're a young race that so we can be very violent. And the violence is very puzzling to anybody else from the outside looking in. With Mothman, sorry, I wanted to add that. Um, with Mothman, I have a few theories. Now, the reason why he's an omen of bad luck, as I understand it, many people were seeing him. And um, there was a massive bridge collapse before one time when he was seen. Please forgive me, Dave. I can't remember. Is it New Jersey where he was or New York? Ohio. Some, yeah, it was somewhere there. And so the story started now. Any, anytime somebody sees him, that uh, he's an omen of bad luck. It almost reminds me of the game of telephone. I have considered a couple of theories with Mothman. 
because depending on who sees them, again, back in Donovan Dread, we hear lots of story about what sounds like Mothman. Nobody's ever reported being hurt by these beings, by the way, either Dogman, um, Mothman, very scary, very terrifying. But I haven't, mind you, they could just be censoring too, right? You mm -hmm. never know. They maybe are putting those stories in there. But Mothman, I've gone between, was he an experiment? We have, uh, I'll spell it because I don't know if it'll make our, our friends at YouTube happy or not. But M as in mouse, O-U, oh, sorry, M as in Michael, O-N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, A-U-K. They've had quite a bit of an experimentation going on there. Apparently the TV series Stranger Things is based on what went on there. So, is he an experiment? Because people, depending on who reports it, he looks like he's got the body of a man, get or half man, and then the giant wings, and then the eyes, and then sometimes people just see a shadow. Is he a tulpa? Like, meaning that there's a collective energy there that people believe in this, and so many people have seen, that it continues to live on? Or is he it's interdimensional? He or she, I should say. We don't know if he's he or she. We don't know the gender of moth. Well, moth man, he's called that. <laughs> I went, yeah, moth woman. I went to um, oh. just prettier wings. She has prettier wings. I went moth to that. <laughs> I went to Ohio where the bridge was. We went to the Mothman Museum where they filmed the movies and I saw the clips and I went on the bridge that was right next to the bridge. That's where it was in Ohio. You're right, Dave. Thank yeah. you. And uh, we went there. And you know, the saddest thing was, I, and, I, and I think I said on one of our shows too, we went to one of the Mothman museums and I was talking to the person at the museum about Mothman and, and they were getting ready to have their, I guess every year they have this Mothman celebration. They use it as a celebration, you know, yeah. uh, and like a con or whatever. And the people who lived in the town were, some of them were so ignorant about it they're like oh yeah people come here and they bother us and this isn't real and this isn't true i don't know if they say that because they don't want all these people there or what i guess that's neither here nor there i guess the thing about mothman is like you said i mean there's there's nobody's come out and said mothman killed my brother you know or you know or took him away nobody's ever said that mothman literally just shows up right before a terrible event or something happens mothman seems i guess from the movie too it's almost like the butterfly effect where it seems time changes when mothman's around i think if that's the case the reason the time seems to change when Mothman is around is because Mothman comes in through a dimension and maybe dimensionally that changes a lot of stuff here. I don't know. That's just theoretical. But like I said, I, I think Mothman is, it doesn't always have, maybe he's not a bad or no man. It all depends on how we look at it, I guess, because there's two ways to perceive it. He shows up and something bad happens. So he could be an omen that caused it, or he shows up maybe to try to say, Hey, this is going to happen, do something. And there's that end. It's really hard to say. I don't know. I would love to do more research on Mothman, although there's more sightings of Bigfoot and Dogman than there are Mothman, but that could be too because Tulpa-wise, no one's concentrating on it. You know, well, hang on, I'm gonna back up a bit there because, and I want to, I love what you said there because you know what, you're right. How do it's the way it, I think it's the way we perceive things because people could be saying it's an open omen, but what if it's a good thing? 
Like Mothman shows up to give you future warning of something impending. Take care, take heed, be careful, right? Instead of looking at it like, oh my God, it's an omen, right? I think it's all about perception. But there's a series on YouTube again, was not looking for this. It kept showing up and showing up and showing up in my feed on YouTube. And I was like, what is this? It's, and I believe it's a reality TV. It's not reality TV. Sorry. It's an independent filmmaker. And I forget what his connections were. And I want to say Kentucky. I could be wrong because I think there was some, a little bit of mixing in with Ohio. And it's following this one family. And they believe that the daughter, you watch her get baptized in the water. And again, did they add special effects? They might have, but you'd have to watch it to see what I'm talking about. Cause it's not like they had a big budget. You could see from watching it, yeah. but um, there's a lot of stuff involved with Mothman or possibly Mothman and all these birds around. It's a fascinating story. There's a pastor involved with this and it's a really, I know some people that have been on here before. I think I've mentioned it once or it might've been the, I forgot to mention I'm the host on the Angel Rock too on Monday nights here, same time, 6 to 8 PM. Forgot to say that. Sorry guys. So it could have been on the Angel Rock, but it was a really fascinating series. It was about nine weeks long. And then a lot of bad things kept happening to people. Now were a lot of bad things happening to people because of their perception or they were expecting it or does Mothman or like they were talking about these giant massive bird. Like they weren't sure. Was it the Thunderbird or was it Mothman? But it sounded very much like Mothman. Is it because they expected it? They perceived it according to legend that that's why they were believing they were having bad luck. Like they were almost manifesting it. Yeah, who knows? I mean, that's not far-fetched at all. You know, and why? And anybody who's listening right now on the recorded, whether this is pre-recorded or you're watching it live or anything, anything that you want to know about or see or experience in your lifetime that me and Marley talk about, all you have to do is put your focus on it and keep going towards it. Eventually, you'll get something out of it. That's just how it works. Because once again, not to get off the subject, but we create our own reality. And that's why we're talking about perception right now, because our perception is our reality too. If like me, I'm a very optimistic person, which, you know, go figure. But since I'm so optimistic, it's I'm optimistic by nature. So my perception is always going to try to not be overly judgy on something. I'm going to try not to judge it in a bad way. That doesn't make anybody else bad who does it that way. That's just how my perception works. Now, let's read this comment here because I brought it up my phone. Dave's reading my mind. Sorry, Shannon. Thanks for hanging in there. We want to give you a shout out and our every well to everybody. But we understand there's a special little crew over there. We appreciate that you're listening and the wonderful thank you that you sent us. We knew you were off last week, Shannon. You'd mentioned that in your message. We want to thank you for that and for the group that you've amassed over there. I hope they're still able because you joined us a bit late. So anybody joining us late, we will be moving to our new permanent time. We will not be moving past that on Thursday nights. Um, so we are moving to 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And like Dave said, if you can't catch us, there's always a video replay on YouTube, on YouTube. Uh, UFO Paranormal Radio Network's Facebook page and anywhere where podcasts or talk radio are carried, you can hear us. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. 
So um, Shannon writes here on the messages. I have either of you heard of diet. I can't say it, but it's diet to love pass incident. And, and that's in Russia. Right. Yes, yeah. I have heard of it. I have. And, and it's very, um, we'll see what we can come up with. We'll discuss it. Um, but I'll read you guys who don't know what that is. I'm going to read you a little bit if that's okay, Laura. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Dave. So this is a death of a whole group of campers or hikers okay and it happened in february uh first and second in 1959 um the experience uh trekking group from the ural uh in some institute i can't say it ural polytechnical institute led by igor uh love had established a camp on the eastern slopes of i don't know these russian words very well so bear with me Kelot Saki or something in the Russian SFSR, the Soviet Union. Overnight, something caused them to cut their way out of their tent and flee the campsite while inadequately dressed for the heavy snowfall and sub-zero temperatures. Um, after the group's bodies were discovered, an investigation by Soviet authorities determined that six of them had died from hyperthermia, while the other three had been killed by physical trauma. One victim had major skull damage, two had severe chest trauma, and another had a small crack in his skull. Four of the bodies were found lying in a running uh, water in a creek, and three of these four had damaged soft tissue of the head and face. Two of the bodies had missing eyes, one had a missing tongue, and one had missing mm -hmm. eyebrows. The investigation concluded that a compelling natural force had caused the deaths. Numerous theories have been put forward to account for unexplained deaths, including animal attacks, hypothermia, etc. Um, Russia opened a new investigation into the incident in 2019, and its conclusions were presented in July 2020 that an avalanche had led to the deaths. There's more that goes on. I'm going to tell you my feelings on it. Um, I do not believe it was a Bigfoot that killed them. Um, and I know that's what a lot of people are speculating, that it was some kind of animal or something. I think the animals got to them afterwards. There's something weird. I still do think that it's paranormal because something scared them to literally wake up and tear themselves out of their tents instead of just going through the flap. So something scared them half to death. Um I do not know what it is. And in, this is one of those mysteries where people aren't going to tell us. And, and I believe they're not going to tell us is because, I don't know, mass panic or whatever. Um, I do, however, do not believe it was an actual Bigfoot. I believe it was something else that scared them. Um, and I believe that it did come from the ground. And that's what scared them. That's what made them go. I, I believe there was something under the ground, not like graboids from tremors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I really think that there were things under the ground that scared them. And, and I think they and just they went out. Think of that movie. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the movie with the earthworms or whatever they were that come up from the ground and munch them. Snowworms, no. <laughs> I'm not sure. laughing at that. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I've tried asking. Um, and once again, the weird thing is, you guys, when you're a medium like me, a lot of information that I get, I can validate when I get it from them. But there's some things I can't validate. So I don't put it out as not true. I put it out of the back burner as like, I need to know more about this situation. That's how my mind works. I need to know a lot about it before I make that final call. 
Um, but I believe it was something supernatural and paranormal that did hurt them. But I do believe that some of the things that they found wrong with the bodies afterwards were from animals running in through the woods. I mean, it's natural, you know, animals are going to go, well, that's dead. It looks delicious. You know, let's have at it. Mm -hmm. The weird thing was, is that there's tongues leaving and everything. Thank you. Something, I'm sorry. I just heard something. Um, besides being supernatural, there is something to do with humans that did do this as well. And they're a kind of supernatural human. So I don't want to chalk them up as monsters as much as I want to chalk them up as supernatural human, which I hate to say this live, but it's about Russia. And they hope they don't come after me. But Russia is, is way ahead in things like um, uh, seeing telepathically um, Absolutely. stuff there there are you know a lot of other countries have have laid that groundwork for remote viewing and everything else so there are other countries that are using supernatural things to do things so that might be what happened maybe they knew something i don't know what's your thoughts lorley yeah um you know what i kept thinking almost i hadn't considered when you were saying supernatural almost human beings and then i was thinking Hmm. Kind of listening to spirit going through my head, super soldier type program. Was it like DEW, you know, direct energy? Just hit it. What? You just, you just hit it. That's yeah. It's like a super, it's, it's something that was made. It's man. Okay. Made. So then yeah. what made me think was what about possibly, I, I don't know what they would call it over there. And you would know about a day being in Wisconsin, having, and again, I keep saying this, but because I'm so close to Wisconsin, living in Northwestern Ontario and Thunder Bay, we're not very far from the U.S. border. And, you know, I've been into Wisconsin many times as well as Minnesota, and the train is very much alike. But um, I was thinking Wendigo, like a Wendigo, right? Because a Wendigo is a paranormal type human, and depending on because there's been a big resurgence about resurgence about Wendigos. I don't know if you've seen this or not, or shapeshifters or things like this. A lot of paranormal channels. And then there's TikTok videos out there. Like lots of stuff's been going viral about this, right? Mm -hmm. Not a Wendigo, but um, I forget what the name of it is. My brain's not working tonight. Shape like a shape-shifting type of, okay. of thing that can look like a human. Um, I'll have to look up the name, but I've been seeing a lot of this lately. There's been a lot of teams trying to find them, whatever. That's what I almost feel, right? I think because you're talking about skinwalkers, is that what you're talking about? Skinwalkers? Thank you. Thank, or, you. thank right? you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I've heard yeah. two schools of thought with skinwalkers. I had always thought that skinwalkers, and I believe depending on what uh, First Nations tribe or what the legend would come from, but I had always believed that if they ate human flesh that they would be destined to walk the earth for eternity always hungry and what have you and then i've been hearing other legends about this so maybe it is like a super soldier type thing because these pe these kids that were out there and they were kids like they weren't teenagers but they were young they were yeah. super athletic they were super well versed with the outdoors and what have you i don't believe it was 
a Yeti or a Bigfoot or anything like that either, because there wasn't enough. It was very strange evidence, if any, really left there. Like, I think it was the animals that did a lot of the damage. But I want to do a huge shout out because Shannon just said, and Sandra, you said, I remember hearing of this elsewhere, talking about the diet, I think it's Diet Law of Pass in Russia. She said, the region is reputed to be like a gateway to hell or some other dangerous energy. Now it could be maybe a Russian Bermuda Lake Triangle. But Shannon, you said, yes, the paranormal group is listening. They gave a collective hello. So Dave, we give them a collective hello back. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I hope this is a question. If you have any questions or comments or you've heard something different, please do share. We'd love to uh, have everybody be part of the conversation. Sorry. Guys, anybody watching right now, by all means, uh, we are not experts, experts on this thing. We'll be the first to admit it. We're experts in other areas. This is other places that we are interested in and that we delve in. And I always say the best way to learn about something is to start asking questions, start formulating ideas, not put out conspiracy theories, but formulate the ideas and let people decide because the truth is going to come out from something that somebody says, you know, um, that the thing that's, uh, that, um, Sandra said about, she remembered hearing this elsewhere, the region has reputed to be a gateway to hell or some other dangerous entity. And, 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 and to put that in other terms, which is not that you're wrong term, Sandra, but to put it in other terms, it could be a portal that has goes to lower dimensions. So in lower, lower dimensions, which I do know about, um, that's where things that have a vibration that doesn't match going like to heaven or whatever you want to call it, the other side have to go. So it's like every scream ever made, every bad idea, every monster you imagine in your head and all that has to exist at some point. So it exists at one of the seven lower levels. So that very well may be too. There might be a portal that goes to one of those levels and maybe something went in and out. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever know who ex- except for, for asking them personally what happened, you know, um, I guess we could speculate all we want. All I know is I agree with you, Laura Lee. They were healthy. They knew what they were doing. They were hikers. And this was really weird, strange things that happened where you just tear out of your tent in the middle of winter, wearing literally hardly any clothes to go through the winter and try to escape. That's, I mean, most of us would like grab a handbag or something before we left there and did something, you know, to run or, you know, throw your beanie or did something, but they didn't do anything. They left quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. they did. And like I said, there was just too many strange things about it. Thanks for bringing that up, Shannon, because it was, um, I knew I'd seen that name. And I saw you were taking a look too, Dave, that sounded familiar. As soon as I saw what it was, I went, oh gosh, yes. I've seen documentaries on it. And so do you mind if I ask you about this, Dave? And thank you for giving me the name of it. My name just went blank. They kept hearing Wendigo, 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 but Skinwalker. Now, depending on what you watch, but I know over on TikTok, there have been crazy videos about the supposed Skinwalker people with a cell phone camera kind of an open field but there's higher up grass and stuff and they're quite far away and you hear this oh my gosh it sounds horrific the person's going help me help me help me like they really sound like they're in horrific distress so the person uh kind of 
blows up the camera lens, if you will, and focuses on them. And it's this human being, not in distress, screaming, taking the shape of one, if you will, walking. Oh, hello, baby. Hi, angel. Now, my dog thinks I'm talking to her. And then walking very strangely, if you will, like almost, I don't know what to call it, almost like the walking dead, if you will, off of TV, the zombie. It doesn't look like a zombie. But, and people are going, it's a skinwalker, it's a skinwalker. And yet you get into some of the legend and lore, you know, with the Ojibwe tribes up here, tribes up here, and there's, you know, some Cree and what have you, that depending on who you talk to, that the woods, and you can't whistle if you whistle. And then sometimes you hear that for little people, like it's all over the place. So it's almost like playing the game telephone. It really is always right where when it starts with something and with time and passing through people, something's added or something's changed. So I think what we're getting now, I don't know what your thoughts are because people are focusing on this nonstop. I've seen so many videos on this. Yeah, there's, well, it depends, you know, skinwalkers. Okay. I'm going to read a definition of what a skinwalker is. So you guys don't yeah. know the skinwalker has evolved throughout the years. It started out basically as, and, and I apologize to anybody who's witch, who's a witch or anything watching. I'm not, I'm not. Uh, That's the alternative definition. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say anything bad about uh, you at all. And I'm not, I'm just literally reading from a, uh, a Wikipedia type thing. And it's basically the skinwalker was a witch who could um, turn themselves into an animal to do certain things. That's the Navajo meaning. Then there's another one. Um, not many are familiar with the creature that haunts Native American legend, and that's a skinwalker, and that's the Native American people. Um, some say they can only turn into animals. Some people say skinwalkers like make baby sounds or call out your name in the middle so they can come get you, um, so on and so forth. I don't believe that that is a true skinwalker. I think there's another name for that kind of um, that kind of person. Although also, I everybody I know on TikTok it, it annoyed me because everybody saw a skinwalker and everybody made a fake video about a skinwalker and that's kind of makes it hard for the rest of us who really want to find out what this thing is and what it does. I do believe, and I know this sounds crazy, I do believe that in the past there have been medicine people and there have been shamans and there have been native people who actually could at some point transition to appear as something that they are not. That's probably the best way to put it. So it's not saying that they actually turn into a um, wolf or something like that, but they have the capacity to metamorphosize or have you see that from your perception because our perception can be changed and and i mean then to talk and bring ghosts and stuff into it when when people are doing um investigations sometimes too a a spirit because they're in spirit and they no longer have to stick to a particular form can change to look like something else and I think there could be a spirit that's like, you know, hey, I don't like these people in this house. 
I'm going to appear as something that I know will upset them or scare them or do something. So I think that they could change into that. I think skinwalkers might be able to do the same thing. I don't know the whole lore or legend of skinwalkers and how many people, you know, I don't know if there's any reports like with Bigfoot and anything else that a skinwalker killed all these people or did all these things. But that's kind of what I know about skinwalkers. It's, it's, I don't, I think skinwalkers are more real than anything. I just think that we have to use our judgment when we're listening to stories and watching it and really think about it first. Cause like the rake and um, the reaper and all that, I think those are tulpas. Um, uh, Slender man, I believe is a tulpa. You know, okay, I gotta ask you. I don't even know what they're called. They were given a name. I remember when I saw these years ago, I just about fell off my chair and they looked like they were caught on a security camera. It looked like a triangle with no top, if you will, just legs, long legs, walking. What? Yes, I love those things. I've had and then the little ones with them. Like, would you not die if you, you seen those walking around? Like, there's no body, there's nothing, and they're just like walking, and you're yes, like, doop, 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 doop. that's hard to tell. It's hard. I mean, I've seen some videos that people put out where I'm like, okay, that's that's noticeably they fake that one. Yeah, but then there are ones that that people have looked at, and even I've looked at over and over and said. I can't see where they're faking anything and I have no freaking clue what that is. The weird thing, what I suggest to people is when you're looking up creatures, don't look at something that just happened. Go back to the archives. The reason I say that is because way back when we didn't have the technology to do the things we do now. It's very difficult nowadays, even for ghost hunters, mediums, anybody into all of this, to get something solid because it's so easy to fake something very, very good. But then I think to myself, too, if something's faked enough, does it manifest itself into being kind of like a talpa would? I do not. Well, to me, like... Okay, Slender Man or Thin Man, same thing, right? From a creepy pasta that was just a fictitious story that somebody described. And then, like, as time has gone on, it became more and more popular. And one of the laws of the universe with energy, right, can neither be created nor destroyed, but transferred from one place to another. So when you have a bunch of people focusing on the same thing, meaning anything but Thin Man or Slender Man, and something that was completely fictitious for people. I'm just, I know you know this, Dave, but for people that don't know what a cult is, it's completely fictitious. It never existed. Maybe it did because somebody thought of it to write the story or they seen it in a nightmare or whatever they did. Oh, I just had the craziest thought. Imagine. I never thought of it till now. Somebody has a nightmare, right? And they see um, Thin Man, Slender Man. I've heard both names, right? In their dream the nightmare so they decide they're going to write a creepy story about it and they're going to describe him and heck they might even with the description get their friend to draw it for example what if this entity was waiting in the lower astral realms always did exist and was waiting for this to happen and then got a bunch of people as it became more and more popular to manifest it, right? A collection of belief of energy 
analogy of Thin Man, Slender Man, and that's how he came to be. Would we still call well, that a tall I guess well, so, eh? Well, that's hard to say. I understand what you mean. I guess if there's a energy that's in the lower levels, let's say it's an energy that has no form. It's just some kind yeah. of negative energy, which means if it's a negative energy, basically all it means is that it's devoid of love. And if something's devoid of love, the opposite of love is fear. So that energy is filled with that fear. Now, if we on this earth then always think enough people think of a certain creature, person, anything, and we're always writing books, like you said, and doing that, that maybe, maybe I'm saying that lower level entity can take advantage of that body that we have created with our minds and inhabit it. Does that make sense? That's not that quite a tarpa. But it could, it's almost like Frankenstein's monster. Like we're putting together a monster in our head, but there is a soul that matches the energy of the monster that we are creating in our head. And it says, oh, perfect match. Boop, 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 here I am, I'm on yeah. earth, I'm real. You know, but a talpa is basically, there's a story about a talpa. There's there's a woman, she was, uh, she was studying spiritualism and everything. And she was in like this camp, you know, like out camp. And um, it was in one of the, um, and it wasn't Africa, but it was one of those countries around there. And they had this camp of probably about like 20, 30 people. They were investigating stuff in the woods and indigenous tribes. And there was a woman who kept, she decided she was going to try to, because she heard about tulpas from the tribes. So she decided she wanted to create a tulpa. So she started writing down all these things about a little priest a little short priest about like five six five seven looked like a monk was bald i had the haircut she said everything about it she concentrated on it she gave it a name she gave it everything and it's funny that the name of the topo was dave neils which is funny because my name is david neil it was david neil or something like that was the name of the top of the little monk she kept creating this in her head and it wasn't until some people came by to her one day and said, who is that little monk running around the village? And she's like, what little monk? She didn't realize it. And they're like, "There's they've had sightings of this little monk. She had thought about it so hard and put so much work in it that it appeared. It appeared in other people's mindset. We have to agree on what to see. So all of us are on this earth right now. We have all collectively agreed that there's a Canada. We've collectively agreed there's a United States, there's mountains, there's uh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, that there's a Great Wall of China. We've all agreed to see these things. Therefore, they exist. When Now, there are people who never heard of those things. So in their minds, they don't exist. Okay, so top is it the same way. If enough people are all thinking about the same thing, maybe it becomes collectively something we all agree to start seeing. But I think maybe that could be like some of those energies we talked about. Maybe we create the shell and maybe an entity can, for lack of a better word, possess it. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely. Jane, we're getting to your comment. Don't worry. Um no, I agree with you, Dave. Like so many things like we're just talking about, like we never talked about this before we went on air, but yeah. these are the kind of conversations Dave and I have and have had over the years. That's why I said we should do a show yeah, <laughs> because we do have these kind of conversations, right? But I think it's important to have conversations like this, but anything, no, because no, really, no. right? What's that? 
I said knowledge is power. Exactly. But I hadn't thought of the way you were explaining what you just explained. Can I argue with it? No. There, it could absolutely be true. I have a proverbial back shelf, I call it. So um, if somebody asks me something or shares something and they'll, they'll say, please don't think I'm crazy or this is like beyond weird. And I always say, try me because I, well, most of us, by the time we get to be around our age, Dave and I are almost the same age, you have many unusual, strange experiences, some more than others. But I don't know if it's in this field or what, Dave, but we get some pretty crazy stuff or stuff we've been through before. <laughs> so anyways, if I don't have an answer and it resonates, like I don't feel into it and go, oh, my God, no, no, like, no, it's crazy. Like, there's no way or you just you just know you can feel like, no, there's no truth to this. I will put it back in the proverbial back shelf, as I call it, and it sits there and invariably every time hi angel um spirit brings um will bring the truth bring some information or the truth will always rise to the surface yeah it always ends up this is folks this is what me and laura lee she's she's absolutely correct we didn't talk about this beforehand but these are the kind of conversations we have i have these kind of conversations yeah. with my guides all the time because i'm always looking for some kind of input because once you get to a point in your life where you're unquote unquote spiritually awakened these are the kind of things that you think about the world isn't always just cut and dry what you see with your physical eyes there's so much that we don't know about that we can't see with our physical eyes like i had mentioned about the oceans um did i mention that to you somebody had i said we spent so much time not always looking in the sky and we don't spend any time oh, yeah yeah you did yeah you did yeah. yeah and there's there's so much thing in the oceans and then you know we we know stuff could exist in the ocean maybe there's something a treaty stopping us from looking and that's why i don't know that's that's more kind of out there conspiracy wise but let's read what jane e walker says yeah there. go ahead go ahead okay jane uh jane e walker says re bigfoot and hi ian he says hi all uh facebook hi, user we can't see your name so i'm not sure who you are but i've seen some of your comments here we'll try to get to okay jane Read Bigfoot. I highly recommend the spiritual book by Kewani Lapsaritis. Oh boy, I can't believe I said that one. I won't say that three times fast. And it's called The Sasquatch People and Their Interdimensional Connection. Oh, cool. Um, there's an animal communicator mentioned in this book, Kathleen Jones, who lives in Oregon and has been in communication with Bigfoot for years. Lots of dots connected now before dave comments on that i'm going to add very quickly laurie i believe it's wilson i've mentioned it before she does remote viewing she had no interest in bigfoot in any way shape or form and there's somebody by the name of connie willis that does a podcast i believe i think she might go on coast to coast am now um anyways Years ago, she got Lori, who has an 87% accuracy rate, and Lori had no interest in Bigfoot. It was Connie who had asked her to do this. She remote viewed, um, I believe she referred to him as like a grandfather type Bigfoot, and she was astounded. Like she drew pictures and stuff of it, Lori did. And, um, you know, like she said, I, I commented on the smell because she'd written down everything, obviously, kind of like a story from her experience. And she asked this 
very wise, very beautiful, loving, so enlightened. She said this, this grandfather, Bigfoot, about why they smell so bad. And he had such a sense of humor. I'm not doing it justice. And apparently, Lori said, he basically said something to the effect, well, we think you smell, right? Yeah, it's true. It's like, why would we think, it's kind of like a, like kitties here. Like kitties will have a little tuna breath. They'll be like, ew, that smells. But yeah, the cat will yeah. walk up to another cat and put their nose in their another one's butt and it doesn't bother them at yeah. all. So it, it is subjective. It's it's however, once again, perception. A Bigfoot might be perceiving as we smell just fine. Y'all smell terrible. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it could be. If anybody has a, a good ability to speak to some of the cryptids and even ETs, I'm going to say animal communicators probably will do very well. The reason I say that is not being biased because I'm an animal communicator at times is because of the fact listening to connecting and listening to animals is different than connecting and listening to the human people or a human soul. We have we have so many extra emotions and so many extra things to go through that are different, but an animal communicator, they cut right through it. I mean, the animal communication is very, it's this picture. This is what it is. You know, the, you know, if, if a dog comes in, he says, this is what I looked like. This is the ball I played with. This is how it was. And they'll show you pictures and you just, you got it. You, you just don't have to understand it. I think that's why it'd be easier to communicate with that race because I think, I think animals are, I don't know, when people say we have dominion over animals, that's the funniest thing I ever heard in my entire life because of the fact we don't have dominion over animals. We're Anything. just the ones, yeah, we're just yeah. the ones who create the buildings and do the technology. But as far as, as a civilized society goes, animals are more civilized than a human ever could be, even Absolutely. when they civilized because they're not fighting for petty reasons like we are they're fighting for the fact of a negative or positive feeling that's invading on them and that's where they have the arguments where people it's like you hurt my feelings let's start a war you know it doesn't work that way you know and i think maybe that's why like you said i would take the word of an animal communicator talking to a cryptid over just yeah. a regular person you know no i have to agree with you and um you know, what we find too, like I mentioned earlier in the show and Phil, Ian, if you've got any questions as well, and please let us know, cause it just came up as Facebook user. It says, it is true. I seem to be doing this on a daily basis. I believe you're referring to Bigfoot and many of the cryptids we're talking about and unexplained things. So please feel free. If you let us know what your name is, we'll call you by name, but it just says Facebook user. Um, there's something you have to change over in Facebook in the, in the, um, settings i'll have to see if i look it up if we i have a little pause here and dave's explaining something but um yeah like i said i don't know like i've always wondered and plus the other thing is like i actually posted this video this week and he hasn't had a regular posting schedule i do watch nukes top five and the reason why i watch it is because he gets videos sent in from all over the world and he lives over, I believe, in Norway. I think he's North American, though, from his voice. But he doesn't show his face. He doesn't tell his real name or anything like that. And he always says, is it an elaborate big, is it all an elaborate hoax? You decide. I have seen him debunk a few videos, too. And 
that's why I like it. But he's been getting some really strange stuff being sent in. And it seems that I've never understood this either, if it's a talpa or what it is. But like, I'm going to probably mess this up. Is it La Larona? Um, the crying, weeping woman in white that we usually see in South, South America or Mexico or what have you. There's a story with that. It seems over in Japan, without fail, they're going to see something creepy, whether it's ghostly, whatever it's caught on camera. It always looks like the girl from the, I don't watch horror movies, but I've seen the picture of the girl from the ring with the long black draped over hair, the white dress, the whole bit. They uh, seem to see a supposed to be. Are they supposed to be kind of like the Banshee? I don't know. I Well, the Banshee's like an omen. If you hear the cry of the Banshee, right, you know that death is upon you. Banshee, yeah, the Banshee is apparently a female spirit. And yeah, yeah. You do not want to hear it. Celtic lore, like Ireland and stuff. My good friend, um, of course, can I remember her name? Like Varla. You can see her. Varla Ventura has written many books on the strange. It's called The Paranormal, Werewolves, Vampires, and a lot of things on fairy, the fae. A lot of it's based on Celtic, you know, mm. history and legend and lore from over in that area. And she's written a bit about the Banshees. Pretty fascinating. I think all these cryptids and everything are actually universal. I think they're all around the world. We just refer to them as different things. And like we said earlier, I can't stress this enough. It's our perception of them. Um, mm -hmm. So the perception in one area might be different because that's how we, we have to learn how to see people from our culture as well. You right. Know? We learn how we I can't disagree, Dave. I can't because you know what? Let's let's think about this. And I never thought about it before. You know, when you hear the sayings like truth is in the eye of the, be of the beholder, and then you'll hear that there's three sides to the truth. There's their side and your side, and somewhere in the middle might be the real truth. Hi, Glenn. Nice to see you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to read your comments. Um, so there's that, right? And then the same thing. I, for those of you that know, yes, I, I do look at true crime. I think it helps you be a detective in life. First of all, it puzzles me when people, sometimes good people do bad things or just bad things by people and trying to understand like what makes them tick? Like, why would you do something like that? Right. But I think we can use it in all aspects of our life. So it helps me sort of question what's going on, what I'm seeing, what have you. So I don't know where they all come from. I always say, you know, we'll know where all the answers are. And even though we're connected with spirit is when we go back home ourselves, you know, whatever people want to call that or what that looks like. Yeah, we know, we know most of it, but actually the funny thing is, is even after that, we don't know all of it either because it depends on what level of knowledge you are when you go back, <laughs> which is a whole nother, it's a whole nother show. It's a whole nother show. Um, yeah, but yeah, let's go, let's go to uh, Glenn. Um, Glenn says, "My name is Glenn Allen." Hi, Glenn. Nice to meet you. And I was actually talking about David explaining of the talpa. And the question before that was, "It is true." I seem to be doing this on a daily basis. So, Glenn, you're like always um, thinking and talking and creating in your head. Um, That's good. Yeah, um, and creating and everything. If that's what you're saying you're doing, I know I do it as well all the time. Sometimes I like stop myself. I'm like, David, quit saying that because it's going to end up being real. But um, we do do that. I mean, that's literally how we go through life. If people, I, I always tell people, remember who you are because you have the ability to create. You have the ability to manifest. And if you get enough people in, you know, when two people come together or more, I mean, you can do some amazing things just by thinking. 
And I think that's where some a lot of the some of those weirder tulpas come from. I don't want to call them weird, but like um, the rain. Unusual. And, yeah, the unusual. Yeah, because I I don't even care if somebody calls me weird. No, I got a question for you. I've never asked you. I know I haven't. I'm getting all excited. Okay, Dave, what are your thoughts? Where do you think black-eyed kids come from? And what's what? with them? Like, what's with the legend about them? The black-eyed kids? Have you heard about I them? I don't know enough about it. You know what? Okay, then let me enlighten you. Speak. We're really on the weird train tonight, guys. Strange train. Okay. So this seemed to start appearing sort of in the mid 80s. Okay. Mid to almost mid to late 80s. It could have been before that, but that's when you sort of started to see people talk about this. And what, what happens is it seems like these children appear out of nowhere. They're very drably dressed. They're usually at the tween to young teen age. Sometimes they're going to be one. Sometimes there's two or three. They have their heads down. Um, they usually, like, you know, teens will wear brand name clothing and stuff. These kids look like they're wearing hand-me-downs. It's usually a very drab hoodie and, you know, kind of just nondescript jeans and what have you. And they seem to show up out of nowhere and like, I, I can't tell you the amount, I've done all kinds of research on this. And what'll happen is they may show up at somebody's house. They may show up outside your car door. It could be anywhere where you might be. But the main thing is, you'll understand in a minute why I say this, but they need to be granted entrance. So as they show up, they might be knocking on your door or you might see them out wandering around these kids basically at 3 a.m. And as they get closer to wherever the person is, the person starts to get filled with this absolute dread, okay? And these kids get more and more insistent. They'll say, um, can we use your phone? Can we come in and use your phone? Um, my mom was supposed to pick us up. We were at the mall and she hasn't shown up. So we need to call someone else. And they get more and more insistent and they get very angry, it sounds like, where the, every single person in account I have read that people say there is almost this horrific rising terror, like something awful is going to happen. Then uh, they said they, a few people have said they've caught themselves, like almost like they're being made to open the door and then like, what the heck, I'm not opening the door. Every time they call the police, sorry, the allergies got stuffed up nose. Every time they call the police, um, by the time the police get there, these, these kids have gone, but the creepiest thing is, what freaks people out never mind the feelings i described the kids have always had their heads down but as they start to get more insistent and angry and they have to be invited in this is a crazy thing and they look up their eyes are completely black and um and you so bet. my has always been hang on hang on what if what if somebody lets them in because People apparently don't let them in. A few people that have have gotten very ill, radiation burns, all kinds of things. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I was going to say, it could be two things. I, I kind of heard a little about that. I haven't looked into it, but it, it could be two things. One, maybe they're hybrids. That's, that's one. Thank you. The other one well, is... Why do they that, need to be invited in? Sorry, well, go ahead. Because that <laughs> comes from the vampire lore. Because That's the, what people have been saying. Yeah. Because a vampire can't enter your, well, supposedly can't enter your house without being invited. Um, but that depends on the lore, what you believe, so on, so on, so forth. I haven't came across any of the dark-eyed kids. I do know of another 
thing that I heard about Dark Eyed Kids, I haven't heard the one as much where they knock on the door and they get angry, but you see these kids and they they look different. It's it's a hybrid. People, I've been called, oh my gosh, I had on TikTok one time, I was called a hybrid from all these people one time because you can see sometimes when I talk, and this happens, you guys, if I talk to spirit or if it gets really exciting, yeah. you can you can see the whites above and below my eye, my eyeball. And they call that something. That's some kind of, uh, I don't know, alien thing or something. Somebody, somebody literally said that he's a reptilian. I'm like, no, um, no. I know there, but um, that's just funny. I don't even know what the hell I am. So how could they know? Um, but yeah, that sounds like it, that's, that sounds like it comes from vampire lore. And, I, yeah, but it's not quite the same. Maybe there's hybrid vampires. I don't know. Well, the other thing I was going to add was some people have reported that they, when they're not let in, they say, fine, I'll just wait for my dad to come get me. And they claim that men in black have shown up or there'll be a men in black type catalog. And, and again, this sounds really like conspiracy theory, but look this up, folks, as well as there is um, not quite as frequent. Um, when I was on my previous network, we have done, we've done quite a few shows on this and looked into it. There, there's also reports of white eyed kids, not nearly with the frequency of black eyed. Like, why does it always in, induce that feeling of fear and dread and what have you? Because I always ask, okay, so what what happens if you let them in? And then that, you know, like, I mean, to be all and fair to those beings, if they're if they perchance would be real, to be fair to those beings, um, it, it, to we got to remember this, Lorley. A lot of people aren't like us, and they haven't gone through the experiences we have, and they just pretty much, you know, yeah. they're they're. Consists of waking up, going to work, and the weirdest thing that happened is a hot dog vendor ran out of ketchup. You know, that's the kind. Yeah, of, you know, that's true. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm not knocking those. I'm not knocking those people at all. I'm just saying, if if someone like that had somebody with black eyes come up to their door with their head down and ask to come in, they they might automatically feel dread or something because of the fact that that's where you know that's where their mind's going to take them. Where yeah. me or you go so what's your story first you know we might you know i probably like maybe ask through the people oh, yeah. you know. animals yeah. are affected though too like animals are like not even like barking like just whining and cowering so i don't know but i'd want to know like dude what's your story why do you have to be invited in i heard about you guys what's this all about like why do you need to come in um no you're not coming in but i have some questions for you <laughs> i would have to ask <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, if a, if a human being would come up to my door that I did not know and ask to come in, I would feel Never. fear and dread. I would know you're not going to. But if a weird creature or something walked up to my door and knocked and said, Dave, I'd be like, what's up? Let's talk. Tell me. I would not care because at this point, I don't even care about my own mortality. I just want the info. You know, <laughs> so I don't care what you do. Me. I just you gotta live long enough to share it. You gotta remember yeah. that. Now, if you're gonna get the info, you gotta be able to share it. <laughs> Tell me why you're killing me. I'm going to put my phone on. So let's record this. Yeah, but yeah. that's just just kind of how I am. Um, I think that's. Eh, I, I I I like I said. 
I am one of those people. I can't say because that's because it's not something I know from a near death experience. There's nothing in my near death experience that gave me that information. So I can't right. make the call. It's not fair of me to make the call. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's quite interesting though. I do know. And if you want to talk more about hybrids, I, yeah. I, I do know this in my heart that they are walking the earth here. And I know that I've seen you guys, what my regular day job is seeing a lot of people in the public eye all the time, walking by me and all that. I tell you, I look at face shapes and I look at people and I, and I, I will turn on my little psychic stuff just for my own fun as I walk by and I'll be like, okay, troll reincarnation. Okay. Elf reincarnation. Okay. That is an alien. I know that's an alien, but we just kind of, I don't know if it's true, but you get certain, uh, you, you get certain vibes from certain people. You just kind of know. I've yeah. saw people that looked like what people draw about aliens. And I thought either that's just a face shape where we've decided in our heads that looks like an alien or, or that is someone who's here who does actually resemble that. I see all kinds of weird beings, but I, like I, I, I always try to look at everybody I see and give because of how I work, give everybody the benefit of the doubt, unless they're coming after me. That's different. I know why Jane says this comment. She was on my show Monday night, and I have my good friend Augie Noss on, and uh, she's going, haha, Laura Lee with the middle name. I have some questions for you, Potvin, because it's true, because I have that kind of mind. And I guess maybe that's why I became a nurse and wanted to be a doctor. Like, I've got that kind of mind. Shannon, you're a nurse. You probably could explain all this. And I'm going to get to your comment. I think it's Glenn. Yeah, Glenn, I will. But and ease. Um, because you question, right? And I think that not that people don't question, don't get me wrong, but my mind, like if I feel like I've, I've forgotten my train of thought, it's because my mind's already a hundred million miles ahead of what my mouth could possibly say. And I'm constantly thinking like from all avenues. So what do you mean? Well, well, how does that work? Like, and I'm not putting someone on the spot. I'm so interested and curious and I want to hear, I'm not nosy, but I want to try and figure it out. Like I told you, I'm kind of a, I've, I guess I have to admit, I'm kind of a true crime person. Like I, I want to understand, like, what makes you tick? Like, why do you do this, this kind of evil that most, I believe human beings wouldn't even fathom of ever doing, and especially say against those you love or complete strangers, or I don't know. So I want to know these things. So I guess that's my new middle name. My regular middle name is Anne. I guess we'll kick that one out. This one's more exciting. <laughs> Yeah. So, Dave, do you want to um, read Glenn's? I have actually visited the other side. I'll be right back. Oh. Okay, there. All right. Can you hear me yet? Your your microphone went out. There we go. So uh, Glenn has put here, uh, I have actually visited the other side twice, had close to a half a dozen NDEs throughout my life. I have, I have two, um, Glenn. I, uh, I had a lot of close calls throughout my lifetime, but I have been on, uh, I have been on the other side too. And I was in a coma for two months after my near death. Um, so I got to see a whole lot of stuff. Like I said, 
um, even though I was over there, there's some stuff I don't know about from over there. That's I can't comment on it. I mean, people think that when we have an NDE, we automatically know every bit of information that there is to know about life and everything. And there's not. I mean, we don't even know all that stuff during our NDE. We only know what we're given. Um, a lot of the stuff I've been given over the years, over and over, as I said, I, I, I've been talking clearly with my guides since I was a child. That doesn't make me a better person than anybody else. It just means I, when I had questions, I was always able to ask and get some kind of formulated answer. My big thing is I'm one of those, I, I am the most skeptical medium and most skeptical spiritual person there is. Most of the stuff I talk passionately about is because I had some kind of experience in it or I had some kind of proof to make me to do that. If I don't have any proof or any experience, I can never say that nothing is there, you know? Oh, let me see. I'm just looking. But welcome back, Glenn. I'm glad you survived them both. I was seeing if there was another uh, comment that I, I missed over here before. Um, let me see. Shannon K says, I totally agree, uh, Laura Lee. My husband always says you meet someone and in five minutes, you know what they are allergic to, whether they're from. Yeah, Laura Lee does that. I, I don't do that that much. Um, I just kind of, but I always want to know. The more inquisitive we are, the better. My kitty's going crazy. Um, Glenn uh, wrote down, I agree, you're only given the tools to fulfill your mission in life. That's absolutely correct. So for anybody who ever asks, like, um, like I couldn't, before my NDE, I couldn't talk to animals. I, I didn't even have animals on my radar that much. But after my NDE, now I can uh, talk to them all the time and I see them. And welcome back, Laura Lee. You know what happened? Okay, ah. sorry, I had to take a, I was so much coffee, I had to run. <laughs> so oh, I took off quickly. But you know what happened? I've never had this happen before. I don't know what I clicked and it wouldn't let me add myself. And I'm going, oh God, please don't let it stop for Dave. And I'm going, no, it's not going to stop. He'll still be there. So I just hopped right back in. So sorry about that, guys. I heard you talking. Oh, go ahead. We just kept talking while you were here. Why you're, um, go ahead and read Shannon's comment because that okay. was about you. And I'm okay. just moving over here for a second to move my kitty. Okay. I totally agree, Laura. My husband, I did hear you read this comment. So you said, my husband always says you meet someone and in five minutes, you know what they're allergic to, where they're from and what size underwear they wear. Sad, but it's true. Um, and then Glenn says, I agree. Um, you're Sorry, I got to highlight it. You are only given the tools to fulfill your mission in life. Well, I don't know about that. I'm we were talking about we were talking about from the NDE. Oh, from the NDE. Yes, then yeah. I agree. Because I, I didn't get a chance to say, but the more and more, and I, you cannot believe the amount of people I have connected with over the last few weeks, females mostly, that have had NDEs around the same age, which I believe I had, which is around anywhere from 18 months to some of the women I've met. It's been women. Um, to I was probably about two and a half between two and a half and three. And I believe I had one and almost identical to what happened to me, Dave, and I'm going to share it with our listeners. We all had extremely high fevers. So one person got, got into rat poison and there was no antidote back in that time and they should have died and they didn't. 
they're here alive and well and able to talk about it. But I met a few and it, like I said, it seems to be women that have had these very high, high fevers. Apparently mine was up to 106 and then kept seizuring. And that's what happened to me. And by the time I picked, there was no 911 back then. So by the time my parents would get me to the emergency, I wasn't seizuring. Well, I guess the last time I did seizure and it, they couldn't stop it. They wouldn't let my parents in the back. And then um, I was in the hospital for a very long time. And, and my mom said they were given very little information about what happened. And again, it was very unusual. Same thing. In a, okay, so this is it with these tools with the NDEs. I'm going to share something else that happened cool. Um, I was practicing lucid dreaming because of, and so was Dave, because I asked Dave, right, Dave, you were working on it. Okay, so Dave knows this. And I may have shared it if you guys were on the Angel Rock. We had Lana Sackwild on a couple of weeks ago, and she was talking about the absolute amazingness and incredibleness of lucid dreaming and what you can do with yourself, you know, anything while you're sleeping. I thought, I could give this a try. And I actually had an experience where I woke up, like I knew I was awake in a dream. And I was, they were talking about consciousness. I'm not going to get into that so much right now. But the point is, I was given this very profound message. And of course, as we call our guides, our angels, ascended masters, and what collectively spirit. So spirit woke me up. I was so mad. I was like, no, no, I actually know I'm awake in the stream. And had me write the message down. And it had to do kind of some of the stuff we talked a little bit about, about how powerful we are and what we can manifest and we're limitless and what have you. Wouldn't you know, I was watching, I have no idea why, a podcast on, I keep mentioning him, this gentleman who remembers before he was born and what, and then another one who was dead, like clinically dead so long his body was cold. Like, I still cannot believe, and I know Shannon, you're a nurse or anybody else with medical listening, like, how is this guy not have brain damage or something? Like, he was in a body bag and they brought him back. And he literally, between these two men, I swear to God to you, Dave, I heard word for word what I've been given in that dream. Like, how cool is that? Like, I think we get so much that we don't realize that we get, that we talk about whether it was deja vu or what have you. And I, I always keep talking. About oh, go ahead. I always tell people I'm a strong believer that we we don't, and actually I'm not a believer. I, this is information I know. We travel outside of our bodies and our sleep all the time a couple not to explain to some people there's three there's three modes of leaving consciousness here so let's say lucid dream lucid dreams are great because here's the thing you can do with a lucid dream if you learn how to do it you can learn a skill in lucid dreaming you can practice it in lucid dreaming and you can do it yep. lucid dreaming is becoming aware of your conscious mind while you're sleeping and you can program yourself to do things you can program yourself to see things you can program yourself to be a better medium you can program yourself to be a martial arts expert you can do all those things so that's that's lucid dreaming that's being within your dream then there's obe i would say obes or out of body experience is your consciousness moving out of your body while you're sleeping and then in obe you're pretty much at the earth so and the OBE, and I know the difference because when I was in the hospital, I was in and out of OBEs at some point too, while I was walking around the hospital. I knew what was going on, even though everybody else was seeing my body in a bed, in a coma. That's OBE. Then there's astral. Astral travel is what we do. Astral is when our, our spirit goes to the astral plane, which is kind of I, the best way to put it. This isn't the exact way. 
but the best way to put it for those who don't understand this stuff, it's like the place between here and what you would call your heaven or the other side. So the astral world is where everybody comes. That's where like as a medium, that's where we kind of connect with a lot of people. They come into the astral world. I go up into the astral world. We connect. I hear them. I see them, so on and so forth. And then when you guys are traveling, you meet your guides over there. You meet, see your loved ones all the time. You you do these things because people always ask me, I, I miss my mom so much. And sometimes I know it's like, well, you've seen your mom like once or twice just last week and talked to her. But we don't remember. There's a reason we don't remember. And that's a whole other show. But there's reasons we don't remember it. But um, what you said, the, the lucid dreaming, it's a very fascinating subject. I think all people should learn or should have been taught how to lucid dream because mm -hmm. you really can teach yourself a skill in your sleep. Lana taught herself Japanese. Like she she had some, some I'll say, issues. Um that she was managing to be personal issues, we'll say. And she decided to go to Japan. She wanted to learn some stuff. She said she met the love of her life, her husband over there, but she didn't speak a word of Japanese. And she was joking. She was the one that, these are her words, not mine. She's actually from the UK. Like she, she went from the UK and mm. went to Japan. And she's very, like I would say less than 0.001% of her British accent. But anyways, she was joking because she's been a lucid dreamer ever since she was a little girl. And some people naturally are very good at it. And she taught herself Japanese. And she said people were so annoyed with her. Like she's surveyed a lot of people from China and whatever. And she's very, very, very Caucasian. Like almost her skin reminds me almost of snow. It's so beautiful. She's got long blonde hair. And she said, here's this little white girl from England and she's acing Japanese. Like, how is it happening? And she goes, I had this secret. She goes, I was practicing it. I was doing all kinds of stuff in lucid dreams. So she said, she, that's how she's built the business she has and everything else. And it makes sense because we're so open while we're sleeping, right? And our subconscious and everything else um, oh, Shanna says, can I lucid dream myself to exercise? Kidding. Just well, add humor. We love humor. Let me, oh, after you're done, Shannon, that's, that might sound funny, but I'm going to tell you what you can do uh, to help with that in a lucid dream. Go ahead, Laura Lee. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, there was nothing. I was just going to say, Dave and I love humor. So, yeah. Gosh, yeah, we're yeah absolutely. There are people, there are people um, who, who like speakers, like they have to do, let's say they have to do, um, they have to be a speaker someplace and they're terrified. You know, speaking in front of a public for some people is very petrifying. You know, for me, it's like another day in the life. Uh, but they would literally in their lucid dreams, they would be conscious that they were dreaming and they would create the scenario where they were giving the perfect lecture. They would go through their lecture. That was Lana. That was fun. Yeah. She had a fair public speaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then and then when they went to do their public speaking, it was easy. It went perfect. Now, when um uh where does she go? Uh Shannon said, Can I lucid dream myself to exercise? Kidding, just adding humor. No, we, we love humor, but that's not so far-fetched because in your lucid dream, you could teach yourself how to eat, what you need to eat, what you want to eat. You can see yourself how you want to see yourself ahead of time and work. That's going to all get embedded into your subconscious when you wake up. Because like um, 
Isaac even said, you'll, you'll wake up exhausted. You oh, actually, yeah. if you're in a lucid dream and you're doing these things, you would wake up exhausted because emotionally, I guess maybe your nervous system in your body is actually maybe activated. I'm not saying you're going to build tons of muscle while you lucid dream. I think we're reprogramming. Yeah, but it's basically you can reprogram yourself to think I'm going to have more energy for exercise. I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to be able to lift large amounts of weights. I'm going to, you know, you can do that in lucid dreaming. I guess I'm not a professional lucid dreaming. I know there's Charlie. I think his name is Charlie Moore or Charlie Murphy. I think it's Charlie Moore. Charlie mm -hmm. Moore got a YouTube channel. I watched him a million times. He has books about lucid dreaming and such too. And it's just fascinating. Um, I had, when I had, when I was in my coma, I had more back and forth. I had more astral and OBEs than I did lucid dreaming. The lucid dreaming that I did have, I'm very aware that it was lucid dreaming now, you know? So I've never added that to my book of where I went <laughs> because I'm like, no, that was lucid dreaming. That was me just having a little fun while I was laying in bed sick, you know? Well, we got to do something with that time because I want to add this that went with what we're talking about in a way, backing up a bit to Glenn's comment about what he said. My NDEs showed me how to be able to basically have neuroplasticity, to utilize the neuroplasticity that we all possess within our brain because we do. And you had said that you had a very bad head injury. And that's the beauty of the brain is, and children are much better at it than we are but and it's not just the brain like the heart can do the same thing like people that have had like major blockages in their hearts and you know eventually start having symptoms and they may need to have like a quadruple bypass i'm sure we've heard of that or whatever but there are some people that can't have that done there's things that can be done but the body will be able to create new pathways like blood pathways and, and, you know, to be able to keep somebody alive or with the brain, like I said, the younger um, somebody is, sometimes you have a lot more success. Like children seem to have a lot more pliable brains, but I know even with working with many massive stroke victims, and I'm sure Shannon can, can add to this, that people are able to develop new brain pathways, meaning neural pathways to be able to still utilize and regain back some of the function they lost, say from a stroke. Now it doesn't happen all the time, but with thing changes in in medicine and and what have you, it's possible, really possible. You can so, you can heal all, you can heal your body if you if you know how and you can do it. You can because when I was for most of you who don't know, before I had my experience where I, the death and the coma thing, I drank for 20 years for 50, I mean, a lot for 15 years. I was on the highest dosage of psychotropic and anti-anxiety medications. I was on every hypertension medication that was ever on. And then when I came back, I'm not on any of those medications anymore, nor do I drink, nor do I smoke, nor do I do all those things that I don't remember. I don't have high blood pressure anymore. I don't have anxiety anymore. I'm very blessed and I'm very lucky that that happened. But these are things that can happen in these states of consciousness and with your body there. Now, some people will chalk it up and say, well, the reason you don't have high blood pressure anymore is that you didn't drink. You know, but that's not true because when I first came out of the coma, I still had the high blood pressure. It, as I went on through my healing, 
my body heal it. So within that first year being out of there, no more any drugs, they all went away. I went from being on 10 to going away. So that stuff, that stuff can happen to you. And I think like Laura Lee said earlier, which I'm going to beat it to hell. And that is, if you can learn how to lucid dream, you can stuff you can do i mean why we sleep so much of our lifetime we weren't meant to just sleep and not know anything so for 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 anybody listening don't think for a minute while you are sleeping you are wasting your time because your body is doing things and your spirit is doing things and your soul is doing things i mean maybe you should maybe we should all try to lucid dream and imagine ourselves um meeting up with some of these cryptids we talked about and see what kind of conversation we have because a lucid dream which is oddly enough a lucid dream you can have other characters sneak into that dream just like when we dream about our loved ones who pass that's not a lucid dream that's almost astral but you can lucid and mix those two together so let's just say here's your lucid dreaming you start here's the astral and you can kind of put those together a little bit and maybe have that contact and maybe give you, you know, how to do something, maybe where to look when, you know, like I want to learn about Bigfoot. So you lucid dream a lot about Bigfoots and maybe somebody in a lucid dream one day might give you a heads up on where to go to look for something. Well, are the answers, I'm going to get to your, your question, um, Glenn, there was something somebody had said here, what you had said, now I'm losing my train of thought here, but it had to do with you were talking about lucid dreaming and before that you said something about cryptids and I should have wrote it down. It was important. And it wasn't ready to change the subject. Let me go through here. We had a, oh, Sandra Sharp said there's work being done with hypnosis to help stroke victims recover full functionality. Um, there's, there's all kinds of things that are being discovered and learned. And, you know, you'll hear people say things like, well, they're just words. Words can't hurt you. Well, yeah, they can. So can thoughts and so can emotions. And that's, uh, I have a book that I use, wasn't planning on getting into all this tonight, but we'll mention it quickly because I do want to get back to a little bit of cryptidy kind, kind of stuff is I call it my Bible. And I don't say that with any disrespect to the Bible of, you know, whatever it may be. But the reason I call it that is I truly believe the human body, we've been given that gift to be able to heal ourselves of anything. Just oh, like yeah. we can do any of these things that we're talking about. But the book that I use, it's called The Secret Language of Your Body by Ina Segal. It goes by every body system. It goes by disease process. And for everything that we're experiencing, she goes through and explains the emotions that are involved with this. No judgment. And then gives you various colors and types of things within the book to work with to help clear this. And I, I got to say, I've used this with quite a few people and I've yet to have somebody say, and I'm sure not everybody was just being nice. Um, they'll, and I almost feel bad and I got to realize, especially as a psychic or medium, that even though something doesn't mean anything to ourselves, I have to remember that I'm just the, the mailman, if you will, male woman that it, it's not supposed to mean anything to me. It's supposed to mean something to the person I'm delivering the message to. And without fail, every single person has said, oh my God, that is so me. That is so, 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 so me. So kind of cool. Oh, by the way, I forgot to wish everybody, we're going to go a little bit longer tonight, not too, too long, because we're going to be, maybe we're kind of scooching you into our new time zone for next weekend, final time zone. Yeah, um, but let's, so. I wanted to answer 
Ian's question real quick. Well, let me give you one sec. I wanted to wish everybody, I know we're day late or maybe day and a half, depending on where you are. Happy International Women's Day. Oh, but yeah. Yes. What up, girls? Happy, happy girl day. Woo so we got um, Glenn's question, but Ian wanted to ask a question. Should we ask? Yeah. Uh, and then we can get to, because I think, I can answer, uh, what about? Yeah, yeah I can I answer Ian's question. And then we'll get to uh, Glenn's question too. Ian says, what about characters you don't want? Can they force their way in and affect you? In a lucid dream, the lucid dream is all you. So you would have to give that permission. In an astral travel, astral travel is different. If you are going astral traveling, you're not in your consciousness in lucid dreaming. Your soul body is actually kind of leaving your physical body. You're still connected by the silver cord, but you're going in the astral. Yes, astral is where something like that could happen it's unlikely i will say it has happened to people it depends on their state of mind it depends on their emotional stability and everything else it really does um mm -hmm. but in a lucid dream i mean if because in a lucid dream you're in control you're literally in you control change it. yeah you change yeah. it you could go in yeah. and yeah. Um, use a baseball bat and remove them you could do whatever you wanted because you wake up you realize you are fully cognizant and awake in the dream. You change it. A lucid dream would be more closer to how you are after you leave your body permanently. The other side. It's basically. Or like you had an easy button or remote control, whatever you wanted. Like you could change it. You know, yeah. you know what I'm going to use is a quick, a quick example. And I've used it before. Lucid dreaming. If you are a Harry Potter fan or have ever seen. Harry Potter movies. I believe it's the third one, Prisoner of Azkaban. And it's with Remus Lupin, the werewolf in the story, who is a teacher or professor, as they call him. And the they have something called the Boggart. What's that? The Skinwalker. <laughs> they, have, the skin they, have a, they have a Boggart that's called. There's a lot of mythical creatures. And actually, depending on how much time you spend and you look, she took quite, uh, J.K. Rowling took quite, a bit from legend and lore and mixed it into the storyline i think that's where i was going to say i'm going to add this quickly even before i remembered my gifts or anything like that i often said somebody had to gene roddenberry had to have been channeled or given this <laughs> everything in a dream and since then i believe that's happened i almost wonder with jk rowling back to the boggart sorry guys see how my brain works it's too fast so back to the boggart in the book Right. Some, they were asked to imagine the most terrifying thing that just terrified them. Right. And I met, let's go with Neville Longbottom. If you, if you're familiar with Harry Potter and he was, he was terrified of professor Snape. So to empower these kids, they would take their wand and they use the word ridiculous and they imagine something hilarious and you see in the movie, they turn things that are really scary for themselves into something completely harmless. And everybody's laughing, giggling, having a good time. But that's what I meant. That's what kind of power you have in lucid dreaming, right? Am yeah. I right about that, David? Did I miss anything? Yeah, lucid dreaming, you're pretty much in control. Well, your subconscious is. So it depends, too. I mean, if you're if you're emotionally messed up person and you're lucid dreaming, you might have a messed up lucid dream, too. You know, who knows? I mean, if, you have a, if you're really good at lucid dreaming and all of a sudden you break up with somebody, have a fight with somebody during the day, that could sneak in there. But it's the astral travel is where, um, and that I, I would assume there where you could 
something could come in there because astral travel might feel as it's a dream. It might feel like a dream when you wake up, but when you're in it, it's not, it's actually real. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, uh, Laurie. Facebook. No, user. I was just going to say though, you are empowered. Like that's mm-hmm. the, the empowering part. Like I actually realized, holy crap. I'm not, not asleep in here. I'm awake. I know what's being said. I know what we're talking about. I don't think we were on this earthly plane when we were talking about what we were. And then, like I said, I was annoyed. I rem- and I don't usually remember my dreams unless it's something super powerful or spirit wakes me up and asks me. I have like a library of paper here and they'll ask me to write something down. I'm left-handed. It's like chicken scratch. But Glenn, you've been so patient. Let's read your question here. What are your ideas on reigniting with your inner child when opening your chakras or chakras? I don't know. You want to answer that? You want me to? Well, we can both answer. We can both answer this because me and Laura Lee both have different. We have different ways that we go about doing things and practices. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, for me, um, to explain this uh, real quickly for other people, chakras are the energy centers in your body that go all the way down. Invisible. Invisible. Yeah. To invisible. most people. Seven, yeah. Actually, they say there's seven, but there's way more than seven because you probably there's, have about six. Oh, you're just, you're reading my mind, Dave, because I was just about to go like this. And <laughs> they're everywhere. There's actually an eighth chakra that's right above your head. That's the one I, I connect to when I talk to the ace chakra is where I go to to really talk to my guys up here. But anyway, um, I personally do not think you have to do with anything within your chakras to do that. If you are working on that kind of, it, it depends on what you're doing it for. If you are um, trying to do inner child work, I would say that probably most likely works with the heart chakra and with the throat chakra. Throat chakra is communication and the heart chakra. Um, so I guess if you open those two up while you're working with that, I I don't think it's necessary. I think it's shadow work. It all depends on who you are and how you play the game, really. Because like some people ask me when I before I do readings or connect to my guides and stuff, people always ask me, do I do a prayer of protection? No, I do not. The reason I do not do a prayer protection. Uh, prayer of protection is that after all these years, it's implied now. I always know it's there. Now, if I were to go do an investigation at some place where I know a lot of negative people were in there and a lot of people had visited that, I might say something like, I only want to hear from the most positive for the good of me and for all people involved, you know, something like that. Um, Inner child work, I'm not an inner child work kind of guy. I don't call it that. I call it something a little different, but I I know where you're getting at. Um, I don't think you have to open up energy centers in your chakras. I think that is almost implied when you do the work. But once again, it depends on who you're working with. Are you working with yourself? Are you working with another healer? It really, spiritualism is kind of like, spiritualism is very cool it's very i like it way better than religion because of the fact of religion they're forced on one thing written in a book and they go throughout history in spiritualism we understand that things evolve and things change so we know there's always a new way of doing stuff that might come up or there's this and that so my way of doing stuff with inner child now might be stupid 10 years from now it might not be workable at all you got to be open. Um, you know what happens to animals when they don't change, they end up becoming extinct. That's why spiritual people are still here 
we go with the change. We evolve with the spirit. We evolve with everything. So I'm going to say my answer, unfortunately, after all that long-windedness would be, it depends on what's comfortable for you and what you're going for and who the healer is you're working with. <laughs> I'm laughing because even though Dave and I might not call it the same things, I was literally going to say that. So I do something called Crystal Reiki. I keep saying one of these days I need to film a video so people can see what I do. And I do kind of like a little bit of a history, you know, what are we going to work on today or why are you coming? And usually then I check your chakras and you don't need to be in front of me. Um, I can do this distance wise since there's no space and distance on the other side. Then once we, and I can pretty well tell by what somebody's telling me why they're there or what they want to work on, what I'm going to see in the chakras, whether it's overbalanced or underbalanced, right? using crystals and what have you. I don't want to, that's not the reason why I'm mentioning this. Okay. So that your energy centers, cause you'll hear people say, is my, is it blocked or is it stopped spinning or whatever? And Dave, I think you and I have both said, if it stopped spinning, you'd be dead. So no, yeah. but it can be overbalanced or underbalanced. So we try to do that. Right. And then I will go through your whole aura or energy field looking for cracks or whatever may be in there and to help. Right. But the point I'm saying is, so I've never really, how do I want to put this? I've never really equated inner child work to chakras, but you could, if that works for you, Glenn, and you've got a process that works, keep doing what you're doing if it's working. And if you feel called to do so, share it with others. Now with inner child work, I tend to call it shadow work as well, right? We have the potentiality to be everything. And usually if you're not sure what that means is, have we ever heard ourselves saying, well, we don't want to be one of those people. We're not one of them. That's usually part of a shadow that we've tucked away. Usually it happens while we're children, I believe. And we tuck it away and it's like we've been led to believe, I believe in total innocence, but trying to understand the adult world and what we see and what we perceive that, nope, that's not a good thing. So that's where, you know, you can do some shadow work integrating the entire shadow but also for me with inner child work and I have found it helpful and if it works for you listening to this great and if it doesn't that's okay but going back and visiting some things that have been maybe traumatic for myself in childhood or helping another person if I'm doing healing work and then sort of talking about it like what do you think that they might have needed and I think that we're very powerful with our brains like going back and, and, you know, doing some healing, but there's many other ways to do this. Like, just because like Dave mentioned earlier, we're not experts. We're sharing with you either what we get from spirit or what we use in our own practice or what we've experienced. So, oh, David, you can't believe Glenn just asked this. <laughs> I can totally speak on that. I know oh. why, because Dave and I have had many conversations, not even when before we started doing a show, but when we were on each other's podcasts as well as private. So you want to read that out for Glenn? Yep. Uh, so Glenn asks, can either of you talk on the issue of walk-ins? Yes. You um, both can. <laughs> you don't know what a walk-in is. Um, it's basically if, if a soul here is ready to go, something happens, they're ready to go, but the body's still good. Um, they can make a deal with another soul where that soul comes in 
takes over their body, you leave, so you die, you're not you anymore. They come in, but they do take on part of your persona. So they are aware of your memories and they are aware of all these other things. It's almost as if they are you. They just get that knowledge put in their head. And then they just, instead of wasting a good, perfectly good body, I guess. Um, now I've been accused of being a walk-in, well, not accused. A lot of people have said I have a walk-in because of the fact when I did come out, my life is it's it's totally different than what I was. And I have a lot of memories that aren't mine and everything. I am not going to ever self-profess that I am a walk-in. I do not know. I know something strange happened. Um, we are not two souls, though, because only one soul can occupy a body. Although I think besides a walk-in, which was a soul completely switching, okay, um, you can go over during an NDE and take back more of the energy that is you over there and bring it back here with you. So it almost ends up like, why are you so different? You have all this extra knowledge. Well, that's because you have a little bit more memory of who you actually are over there. But um, that's pretty much about walk-ins. I have a lot of stuff on walk-ins. Um, I, I will say something weird that some people know about, and I wrote this in my book. When over the past couple of years, when I had when I had went over, the first thing that happened, and there's two beings on my right and there was one on my left. Now, the one on my left has always seemed very, 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 very familiar to me for some reason. I had QHHT done a while back. And during the QHHT, the person who was talking through me had said I was grieving for myself because I died. So I'm not quite sure what that means, nor am I going to speculate. I know a lot of people had said that and they kept giving me books and walk-ins saying, you're grieving because you stayed there and somebody else came back. So I'm somebody else. But I really don't think that. But I do know that I came back with extra something. That I do know. And I do have, so whatever that was, I do have memories of things I've never been to. I I often have to check with my parents on stuff. When when I think about something, I'm like, did this just happen or did this happen or do you remember this or something? I always have to ask. Um, for some reason, before my NDE, I didn't remember much about my childhood. I mean, I knew my childhood, but being my age, of course, some of it went away. Now I can recount things when I was two, three, four, and five with perfect memory. I don't know why. So that's up to other people. I, I seriously, in my eyes, I really don't care if I was a walk-in or not or what happened. All I know is that I'm here. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. But anyway, Laura Lee, you go ahead. Okay. So I, I agree with Dave and uh, with pretty well what he said. Um, when we first had this conversation, it was kind of closer to what it is now after you'd had your NDE. So we were leaning sort of more towards possibly, but I really like what you've said. And the same thing, Glenn, you'd asked, um, can you experience more than one walk-in? And I'm going to tell you right now, I can't tell you no, because you know what? Honestly, I am still astounded and floored about this near-death experience I read about yesterday because being a nurse, and there's the law of threes, right? Three minutes without oxygen, um, three days without water, and I think it's three weeks without food. No, give or take, okay? But when you have not had a beating heart for so long, not breathing, completely considered dead, 
that your body has gone cold. Do you know how long that is? Like that's got to be at least an hour, if not longer. Like I'm, I'm, I'm saying an hour, but it could have been longer. Like that is physically not possible. You would, I don't even know how you could get a heartbeat. Never mind the fact that your brain has been without oxygen all that time. And here's somebody that's living, breathing proof that I was been telling you guys about that is now completely changed his life because of that experience as well. Not afraid to die. Also, some of these things I was looking at, not to be afraid and, and recognizing in our humanness that, yeah, that's easy to say. But it seems that most people, when they go back and have a near-death experience, remember why they're here and maybe what they were hoping to accomplish, maybe some of the contracts they've made and what have you. Anyways, what am I doing saying all this stuff? So can you experience more more than one walk-in? I will say absolutely, most likely, absolutely. I think anything is possible. If we can think, think of it, if we can dream of it. <laughs> I think it's possible. I will say this from what I know talking to my spirit guide, because I've talked to them many, many times about me mm -hmm. and who I am and what happened to me and everything. The one thing I do know with absolute fact is that walk-ins are extremely rare. It's yes. an extremely rare yes. occurrence. So the fact that if it's that rare, would it happen more than one time? I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some, you know. I didn't cool. say it does. I said it's possible. Yeah. And you're right. We forgot to say yeah. how rare it is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Who are we to say what's possible and not possible? Uh, That's kind of where I was going with it. But yeah, we forgot to add, as far as they've been able to tell, it's extremely rare. Like Glenn, you're saying, as I've, you're saying, yeah. as I've realized, um, I have the knowledge of two walk-ins as of now. That's your experience and your perception. And I would never say to you that can't happen or it's not true because I didn't but walk I, a mile in. Yeah, I'm not trying to change my mind, but if you had two death experience, it doesn't mean that two people shared your body. One, there's so much, there's only so much energy that's around our body. Um, two, if you had two like that, it, it, my personal opinion, my opinion is that you just brought back more of yourself over there. You haven't traded souls off because if you were, okay, put it this way. This is what makes me want to think about stuff. If I was a walk-in and David left, David couldn't hack it, but they needed David to stay here because of all the people around us that maybe it would affect their lives too much if I was gone forever, they had to put another soul back in here. That could be one reason. Now, if I'm over there and I had such a bad life, I'm probably going through a lot of stuff over there trying to figure it out. So I don't know how long that's going to take. We can't keep switching people into bodies. People would notice after a while. Plus, it would affect other people too much because even a walk-in cannot affect the people around them. Mm -hmm. They, we, we are not allowed to change other people's anything without permission. Now, if you did have two walk-ins, which I think could be possible. I kind of feel more is that you kept bringing back more of your higher self than what you had before. That's what it feels like. I'm also in a shamanic practice as well. Um, I practice and I study shamanism. And my next step is to be a shaman if, if ever granted to me. But even in that, from that practice, the, the same thing, they would most likely tell you it's not going to happen over and over. It's rare. 
It's very rare. But once again, who am I to say? You could be a walk-in six times over, and I would, I would, I could not say anything about it because it's because mm -hmm. we don't know everything while we are here. We really don't. We really don't know everything while we're over there either. We gotta always level up and learn these things as well. But I will say, you know, kudos to you. And if I, if you're anything like me. Instead of us sitting here wondering about it our entire lives and wasting our lives trying to remember how we got to this place, just be in the moment of this place and do what we were sent back here to do. And that's pretty much where I am in my life. I came back here for that. So I don't really worry too much about anything anymore. I used to the first couple, the first year or two, I worried all the time about what I was and who I was. But then I decided I didn't want anybody else to tell me who I was. I just wanted to discover it for myself. So that's where I'm at. And Sandra said, you brought your toolbox back with you from storage on the other side. So guys, while we're still talking, I meant to, and ladies, I meant to put this in here. If you've got a question for Spirit, because we still got time to do our unpredictable, predictable reading as we always do on this show. So if you've got a question for Spirit, and then what we'll do is if something lights up for us, David and I will each give you what we get from Spirit and a message as well. Yeah, so, Shannon, um, if you're still here, if the folks um, at your work would like a collective message, we are more than happy to pull something for that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So while we're waiting, you can let so us know. Minnesota. Guys. You, you sounded so Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shannon says I'm here. Um, I sounded Minnesotan instead of Canadian. See, there you go. Now, the one thing that drives me crazy, I get it. I really get it. But when people think they know how to use the word A. Now, Dave, you would be almost an adopted Canadian because most people that are in the, I find in the northern states across the U.S. understand it or that they think that everybody says about instead of about. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys, this is what synchronicity is. So today on my podcast, and I make these small little vignettes, I did a podcast. I, I answered a question, and, and, I, and the title of the podcast is, um, I think it's Mary, the Dark Tunnel, the Picture Frame, and the Phoenix, or something like that, because it was about seeing a phoenix. I just grabbed my deck of cards to do this, and I flipped over the first card, and it's the phoenix. No way. Uh, that is so weird. I love when stuff like that. Having a word come up this week, Phoenix, like either somebody's naming their child it, or it's been coming up for the last couple of days. That is so strange. And yeah, well, I'm gonna keep this card going because this came out obviously for a reason. Basically, all the Phoenix. Um, oh, that's okay if they've gone to bed. They can listen to this later. When you wake them up, tell them it's all about transformation. It is all about transformation. So all the weird stuff that's happening to you, all the things you're going through, the inner child work that you're doing, um, all the thinking, all the programming, all the rearranging, it's because of transformation. You're at the part, if anybody doesn't know what a phoenix is, it's this bird. And basically what happens is at the end of that bird's life and the bird knows it's uh, it's mythological, whatever, knows that it's the end of that life, it goes up in a big poof of flames. And then from the ashes, it reemerges, so it's reborn constantly. It's basically a metaphor almost for us reincarnated. As the phoenix though comes back from the ashes, it keeps all the knowledge that it gained 
in the life it just did. And then it starts over and gains more knowledge. The difference between the phoenix and us is the phoenix remembers its knowledge. So each lifetime is completely better and better and better. And it's more pure and more love and more everything else. We're human beings. We have that knowledge, but it's kind of locked away in the back of our head. And we kind of got to get it out there somehow. We have to remember it. We have to be more open. So basically that card is just telling everybody anything you're working on, anything you're doing, it's because of the transformation. You're pretty much getting to that point where you're going to burst into flames and go into that next cycle. And you're going to remember all the stuff. And we're going to remember all the stuff you just went through to get where you are, because that'll help you to go bring your journey forward. Blah, blah, blah. No, I love it. Now, what I did was I just grabbed, uh, I don't know why I heard from Spirit, Life Purpose deck, and uh, this card came out, Justice. And Justice, uh, your career brings fairness and protection to others who need your help. Now, when they say career, what I'm getting from Spirit is what you're doing in your lifetime right now. It does not have to be a paid job. It can be anything like that. Because I keep getting from spirit as well that being on earth is recognizing about everything being in balance. You can't have one without the other. Okay. So this includes if you've never done it, maybe your things are feeling really weird, strange, unusual. I know where I'm not usually don't usually get into these kind of things. We're moving into a very strange uh, or unusual, I should say, planetary alignment right now. Energy is all over the place. We're going through a big shift. So really looking at grounding, keeping things in balance, really remembering, okay, that random acts of kindness go a long way. So by you putting out that love, you perpetuating kindness, especially if it's to strangers, even if it's just a smile to maybe somebody that needs it, but also remembering to take care of you on the inside and the outside, maintaining whether it's energy balance, but also life and balance too. Okay. That this will help you go through it. And um, even if you're really wondering what the word justice means, take a look at that because I think that's a real human perspective, what justice is. And what does it mean to you, right? What does it mean to you? Because you'll hear me. I know I've said it. I know Dave's probably said it too. It's not our job to judge. I'm not telling you that that's your, it's not your job to judge. That's something I think we all have to come to self-realization with. But yeah, this is for anybody. I believe Dave, same thing. Or you did that for the PR fans that are in bed right now, back home at the nursing home, right? But for anybody that hears these messages and feel that they resonate with yourself, they were take meant them. for you. Yeah. yeah. And if take something them. did and the rest of it didn't, take what, what resonates and leave the rest. So are we just about ready to sign off here, Dave? <laughs> oh, we are. You guys, we'd like to thank you so much for listening to me. If you are interested in a reading from me or want to know more about me, you can go to my website, theywhispertome.com. It's the only place where you can go to book a reading from me. I never, ever DM people. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Medium David Hansel. My YouTube is The Spirit Experience and my other podcasts, which are short little vignettes. So if you have a short attention span, that's the podcast for you. Um, it's called Mystics Do, and you can get that pretty much anywhere. And Laura Lee will tell you when we are going to start our new time, and yep. we'll give you guys a heads up on that. I Go believe ahead. we are aiming for next Thursday. So mark your calendars just an hour later from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that way we will flow right into 
um, The Outer Realm, which is on Wednesdays and Thursdays, one of our biggest shows behind our uh, owner of the network, John, Joe Montaldo, my mouth's not working, um, and uh, it's Amelia Pisano and Michelle DeRoche. They are coming up in about, well, just it'll be just over half an hour, so hang in there. They've always got amazing shows, so it'll really kind of flow into things there. So we're aiming for next week, so I always post a banner this week, uh, computer problems and stuff, but we still had an event page and what have you so you guys will know when you see it and uh, please be sure to share the network with everybody you know because there is all kinds of new shows coming on the network new hosts um, please subscribe uh, if you're able to support the network I believe we've got with our YouTube channel you can do that and then um, where was it going with this if you ever want to get a hold of me you can get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash the angel rock uh, if you ever want to book a reading maybe you got a show idea guest suggestion i do healing work as i said i do mentoring as well and i will be back on monday with the angel rock from 6 8 6 p.m to 8 p.m and i have his name i can see him i think my mate my brain is not working right now. You will be able to, um, he's been on before on the network. He's going to be a great guest. He's one of the people I got from my PR person. He's an author. We're going to have a great time. So are you ready, Dave? Shall we say it? One, ready? One, two, three. What's at the foot of your bed? Go ahead. Bed. Yes. No, we got it. What's at the word? Should we try to say this together, you guys? Every time. All the time. All the, doing, time. You know what, the day the day that we actually do it together i will if we can actually do this one day i will give somebody here a free 30 minute reading with me the day that we can okay. actually do it so root no, we, for we're us. talking about it we're still talking about it because dave gets up really early to go back to his muggle job as i call it with no disrespect um so we might even turn this into with the bed theme a bit of a pajami party we'll see we said things are in a change. We might go pajama party. We might start doing it from our bedrooms in bed, yep. in the, wearing our pajamas. <laughs> so we love you guys and ladies, all of you. Uh, we will see you next week and I'll see you on Monday. Okay, have a good one. Take care. Bye, right, guys. Enjoy your journey. Bye. Hang on. I'm trying to get it, trying to get it to end. My computer's got a mind of its